Well, let's turn to the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 of Matthew. We'll read one verse from chapter 5 and then go to the main verse that we're considering in chapter 7. But chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And then if you turn to chapter 7, verse 12, our verse for today, and what we looked at last week also. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them, for this is the law and the prophets. So we began last time to consider this verse that's often called the golden rule. It's a short verse, but enough can be drawn from this verse to keep us busy the rest of our lives. One problem that we have with this verse is that we're too familiar with it. We don't realize how remarkable and how important, how vital this verse really is. The main thing that I wanted to convey last time was that this brief verse is central to God's will for our lives and to what Christ came to accomplish here on earth. We're told just a little bit uh, prior to the verse there in the Sermon on the Mount, prior to the Sermon on the Mount, he says that he came to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. That's what we're told. Christ came to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And also, we know that he came to initiate that kingdom. Through his life and death and resurrection, he was establishing a whole new way of life here on earth, where his will would be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. People who bow to his kingship begin to fulfill the law and the prophets. They begin to fulfill what was written there in the Old Testament by behaving towards others the way they would want others to behave towards them. They see that if they would want others to be compassionate friendly, helpful, respectful to them, then that's the way they should be to other people. That's what we're talking about here. This is what the, sermon, what the golden rule is all about. Uh, how, how do I like other people to act towards me? Well, that's the way I should act towards other people. What do I dislike in how others treat me? What tends to discourage me or hurt me? Well, don't treat other people that way. And Jesus said, that's the law and the prophets. That's what the Bible's all about in terms of our relationship to other people. The golden rule is a summation of the lifestyle Christ calls his followers to and will, by the empowering of the Holy Spirit, enable them to live. 
not perfectly. We're all very aware of that. Not perfectly, but nevertheless, substantially and clearly and in very practical and real ways. It will be lived perfectly in heaven. That's the way we'll all live perfectly in heaven. But right now, there can be a reality to this in the Christian's life. There is to be the reality, and there will be this reality in the Christian's life. We saw that the golden rule is essentially the same as what James calls the royal law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We're told in other New Testament scriptures that doing this fulfills God's law. To love our neighbor as ourselves fulfills God's law. Now that's, you know, that's the second part of the two great commandments. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus said that's the foremost. You've got to start there. You'll never do this part until there's a love of God in your heart. Which comes from what he's done for us and worked in us. But he said, but a number of times in the New Testament we're told that if we'll love our neighbor as ourselves, we will fulfill the law. This fulfills the law. <clears throat> what I'm emphasizing here, want to emphasize, is that loving your neighbor as yourself and treating others as you want them to treat you, those are essentially the same thing. They are a summation of the law of love which has been written deep within our makeup in our hearts as creatures made in the image of a loving God. It's right there on the heart of every person because they're made in the image of God. Now it's stifled, it's distorted uh, because of sin, but it's there. I tried to bring that out last time. This concept was there as part of our human nature from the very beginning, but was distorted because of man turning away from God and falling into sin. And this law was prominent in God's revelation to his people, the Jewish people there in the Old Testament, but sadly was not followed by most of them. With the coming of Christ, it was clearly defined and demonstrated and now is to be the distinguishing characteristic of his people, the distinguishing characteristic of what it means to be part of the kingdom of God, his new kingdom, which was established on the basis of the new covenant in his blood. We brought out, this is obviously a little bit of review. We brought out last time that uh, this was not really a new commandment. Uh, We're told this in 1 John, it's not a new commandment. It was something people had heard from the beginning, but in another way, John says, it is a new commandment because it's true in him and in you because the darkness has passed away and the true light is already shining. So he's saying this, thing, this basic truth of treating others the way you want to be treated and uh, loving others as yourself, that's been there from the beginning. But now it's a living reality in his kingdom, in the new kingdom that he's established, this group of people that are followers of Christ.
As we put into practice the golden rule, we fulfill the law of God. Now, that, that's, a ra- that's a radical thing I'm saying. You've got to think about this. I'm going to say it again. As we put into practice the golden rule, we fulfill, we fulfill the law of God. Or you could say it this way. If we rightly understand what Jesus taught here and actually live this way, we can never go wrong. You live by this one verse, you'll never go wrong. You'll fulfill the law of God. Right along with this, we can also say that the more we examine this tremendous text and let it examine us, the more we will see how much we need God's grace to live this way and his forgiveness when we don't. You just start trying to put into practice this golden rule. You'll see how much you need God's grace. And every day you'll see how much you need his forgiveness. This is such a tremendous verse if we can get a hold of it and let it get a hold of us. So we want to continue then to examine this verse. To do this, I thought it might be helpful to consider what Jesus is not saying. Sometimes contrast is the mother of clarity. So we're going to contrast what he's not saying with what he really did say. So what we're doing here is looking at some possible misconceptions and wrong applications of the golden rule. Now this first one should be easy to see. Jesus did not say, do unto others as they do unto you. Treat others the way they treat you. Do good to those that do good to you and do bad to those that do bad to you. This should be obvious. This is not what he's teaching in this verse. But many people live that way. That's exactly the way they live. You scratch my back and I'll scratch your back and we'll get along. And if you don't like me, I don't like you. And we'll just keep it like that. But that's not what Jesus is teaching, obviously. Nor did he say, do unto others so that they will do unto you the same way. Treat others well so they will treat you well. Now, it's true that sometimes practicing the golden rule will help you have good relationships with other people. But living according to this precept does not always have this positive effect. And it's certainly not supposed to be our motive for living this way. Another misconception is that other people should be doing the golden rule unto me. (laughs) People should be doing to me what's best for me. Well, it's true. People should be doing to you what's best, doing for you what's best for you. But that's not what Jesus is emphasizing here. That would be applying the verse to others and not to yourself. And we do that with a lot of scriptures, actually. We hear something about how God wants us to live, and we think, yeah, that other person ought to live that way. But that's not the way the scripture directs this, uh, this verse. That's not what Christ intended for us to do with this verse. 
person who looks at the golden rule this way is taking a command on how he should serve others and turn it back, turning it back on himself, how others should serve him. But this verse is not directed to others. It's directed to each one of us personally. Right here today, right now, this verse is for us personally. How we should be concerned for the well-being of others. What I should do for you, not what you should do for me. Another mistake is to think that we should do unto others as they would have us do unto them. It's a little little more subtle. To do for them what they think would make them happy and gratified. Of course, the problem here is that people often have selfish motives, selfish desires, unrighteous desires, which it would be wrong for us to go along with. We should be doing what is truly best for the other person, but often that's not what the other person thinks is best for them. It's not what they want. In many situations, if we would go along with what people desire, it would be harmful to them. It may not seem so right away, but if it's sinful, it's going to be harmful. Sin is always harmful. Well... As we said last time, people often praise the golden rule, but rarely practice it when, they, when you really see what's being said. Why is that? Why is it praised and not practiced? Because this command is a summation of the law and the prophets, and most people's attitude toward the law of God is wrong. You know, people will talk about saying, I, I, I don't care much for the Old Testament, but I like that golden rule. All that shows is they don't understand the golden rule or the Old Testament. <laughs> because Jesus says, this is what the law and the prophets are all about. This is what the Old Testament's all about, the golden rule. As we're told in Romans 8, 7, the person's mind that is set on the flesh is hostile toward God for it is not subject for it is not subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so people people don't subject themselves to the law of God they're not going to like the the golden rule if they really see what it's teaching <clears throat> if their mind's set on the flesh if they're living for self in fact, this is the way Lloyd-Jones put it. <clears throat> Martin Lloyd-Jones in his uh, commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, the whole thing can be brought down to one word, self. Our Lord expressed it by saying that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. That is the one thing we do not do and do not want to do because we love self so much in the wrong way. We do not do unto others as we would wish them to do unto us because the whole time we are thinking about ourselves. Our problem has never been absence of knowing what we should do. People know this. It's written on the heart. Our problem is doing what we know we should do. And that problem arises because we're self-centered, 
not God-centered, not other-centered, or self-centered. There must be a supernatural empowering from God to live this simple golden rule. It's so, it's so simple. It's so e- easy to articulate. It's impossible to live apart from the empowering of the Holy, Holy Spirit. That's why this teaching of Christ was given to his disciples. You remember we pointed out that his disciples came to him at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It says the disciples came to him and he began teaching them. This teaching was given to his disciples. Those who have a new principle of life imparted to them, which brings with that a new attitude towards other people. It takes a person who has experienced something of the love of Christ within their heart to truly try to forgive as he would wish to be forgiven, to truly help others as he would wish to be helped, to try to praise others as he would wish to be praised, to try to understand others as he would wish to be understood. People will talk about how wonderful the golden rule is and how we should love one another, but it's supernatural if it really takes place. The supernatural, unselfish love, Christ-like love, is really a very rare thing. Living this verse, this golden rule, is a very rare thing. And we know that from the very context in the Sermon on the Mount. If you're there at uh, verse 12 of chapter 7, right after Jesus gives this golden rule, he says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few there are. Few are those who find it. What's he, what's he saying? He, he's following up the golden rule by saying there's few people that are going to live this way. He's referring to what he had just taught. Few find it, few follow it, because it cuts across our fallen nature, which desires to live for self, not for God, not for other people. The compassion of Christ is a costly compassion. The compassion of Christ is a costly compassion because we are to love as he loved. Where there's true compassion, where this verse is really followed, it's going to cost you something. Love is costly. True love is costly. It'll cost you, sometimes it'll cost you time. Sometimes it'll cost you energy. Sometimes it'll cost you some of your treasure. True love is costly. The golden rule way of living is only practiced by those who enter by the narrow gate and walk the narrow way. And few there are who find it. Mm 
as much as this verse is looked to um, and quoted, I'm just trying to say it's rarely practiced. Well, I'd like to give you some examples which Jesus gives of, you know, the, the golden rule is a summation of the Sermon on the Mount, summation of the Law and the Prophets, but Jesus was actually explaining to us about the Law and the Prophets in the Sermon on the Mount. So I want to give you some examples that Jesus gives in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember we said last time that Jesus begins this sermon by saying that he did not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And what he does is give many examples of what this means throughout his sermon. And then as he brings the message to an end, to a close, he summarizes what he's saying. Uh, He summarizes what the law and the prophets say in this verse right here that we're looking at, this golden rule. So what I just want to take some examples from the sermon. The first example of what he was talking about is given in chapter 5, verse 21. Right after he says, you know, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill. So then he goes into a section here explaining something from the Old Testament and and showing what it really means. You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother Raka shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, and whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the hell of fire. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. The law tells us not to murder. Right there in the Old Testament, very clear, one of the Ten Commandments. But Jesus takes this command and shows the real depth of meaning it that's involved in it. He says that harsh, derogatory words against another and unwarranted anger is a form of injuring that other person. And he says, we'll be accountable to God. This is just the same as if you murdered somebody, not to the same degree, but it's still that same root problem there, not loving that person. We would not want someone to murder us, so we should not kill them. But Jesus doesn't leave it just at that. Much more than that, we do not want another person to be angry with us without a cause or to speak with us in a derogatory manner, so we should not do that to them. And even beyond this, if we know that someone has something against us, we should seek to make it right quickly. See, it's not just the negative. Don't do this. Do do this. Make it right quickly. We wouldn't want someone, we, we wouldn't want someone to treat us in that manner, a harsh manner, but we would want someone to be proactive 
in making things right with us if anything was out of whack. If that's what we would want someone to be like towards us, that's the way we should be toward them. You are to do that toward them. Be the first to seek to make relationships right. Jesus said, this is the law and the prophets. Well, you can go through the Sermon on the Mount and find how that is summed up in the Golden Rule. We can't take time to do that today, but i just throw that out to you there. It's something for your study and meditation. Read through the Sermon on the Mount, and as you're reading through it, think of the summary that Jesus gave there in the Golden Rule and see how that really is a summary of what he's teaching. Uh, I want to give a couple more examples, though, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, right before he gives uh, the golden rule. So let's turn to chapter 7, and we'll read verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it it will be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when be- and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. So, one of the ways that people use to cover their sin is to judge others. Obviously, he's warning against this this attitude of judgmentalism. As Christians... We should be discerning. In fact, that's what he's saying. We need some discernment if we're going to practice verse 6 there. Do not give what is holy to dogs. We, we should be discerning. But we should never come across as self-righteous or in a hypocritical way. This judgmental spirit is often accompanied by hypocrisy. Sometimes people put other people down in order to make themselves look better. And what is it if you're trying to make yourself look better than what you really are? That's hypocrisy. They go together, you see, very often. So how does the golden rule apply here? How is the golden rule a summary of what he's teaching here related to judgmentalism and hypocrisy? Well, you wouldn't want others to treat you this way. You wouldn't want others to be judgmental toward you or be hypocritical with you. So we shouldn't treat them that way either. The way we would really want others to treat us is to be honest with their own sin, be honest with their own sin, dealing with that log that's in their eye so that they can clearly see to lovingly help us to deal with the sin in our life. 
We really do. If you're a Christian, you want people to lovingly help you with the sin that's there. But you don't want a hypocrite to do that, and you don't want a judgmental person to do that. So if that's the way you want other people to deal with with us, that way we want others to deal with us, that's the way we should deal with them. Designed to help them, not harm them. To build them up, not to put them down. One more example here from the Old Testament. Or, I mean from the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's true, I think, even what Jesus teaches about prayer right before he gives the golden rule. Uh, we'll read verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there among you? When his son shall ask him for a loaf, will he give him a stone? Or if he shall ask him for a fish, will he, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, your Father who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him. I think we're, be, we're, giving, we're being given here in, in this teaching on prayer a, a heavenly example of the golden rule. Jesus is telling us that our heavenly Father will give what is good to those who ask him. He will not give something bad if we ask him for something good. He will always give, and and he always does what is good for us. And we should imitate this goodness and this grace that God gives us in our relationships to others. We want others to do good to us, so that's what we should do to them. This is what God's like. He does good. He gives what is good to those who ask him. Just ponder this. Think about this. To live out the golden rule is to actually be godlike in our action towards others. To live out the golden rule is to be godlike in our action towards others. Now here's the reasoning there. Since the golden rule fulfills the law of God and God's law is an expression of his character, then it follows that to live this way is to act the way God does toward people. What a privilege. What a responsibility God has given us as his people in the new covenant. You might feel somewhat the way Paul felt when he said this, who is adequate for these things? How can we do these things? Well, he knew that in himself he could not live this way. And I'll just, I mean, I think I've probably emphasized it all throughout this message, but if we, 
If you and I think we can live out the golden rule in our own strength, it just means we have too low a view of what the golden rule says or too high a view of who we are. It takes the Spirit of Christ living through us to even begin to consistently live what is taught in this simple summation of, of God's law, this golden rule. Well, I want to close by uh, recognizing the fact that this is Resurrection Sunday. I mean, every Sunday is a time of remembering the resurrection of Christ. Um, but this one in particular is one that's set apart to remember his resurrection. So I thought I would conclude with an application in, that's related to the fact that this is a time to remember the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ was a validation of what he said and did. I mean, he said he was going to die and rise again. And if he hadn't risen again, then that would call into question everything he had to say. But this validated the fact that uh, what he said is right and true and good and should be followed. It demonstrated that he it demonstrated that he was indeed the resurrection and the life, and what he said we ought to heed. I mean, if a person says they're going to be crucified and then rise from the dead three days later, and he actually does it, we better listen to that person. Well, I want to. What I want us to see in relationship to living the golden rule is that it takes the power of God, which raised Christ from the dead, to enable us to walk in the newness of life, which will be what it means to live out the golden rule. If we walk in this resurrection life of Christ, the life that he's provided for us by his life, death, and resurrection, then... There's a sense in which we will be validating uh, the, the truths of the Scripture in our lives towards other people. If we walk in the resurrection life that Christ has provided for us by His Spirit, there is power for us to, to treat other people the way uh, as we would want them to treat us. And as this resurrection life is lived through us, it will validate to those around us something of the reality of what Christ said and did and is still doing. So I would say, just in closing, may God help us to apply in very real ways what he's told us in this little verse that we've considered just briefly here. At home, at church, at work, at school, in our interactions at the grocery store, those daily interactions that we have with, with people, 
however you want people to treat you, so treat them, for this is the law and the prophets.